0: Big shout out to all of the moms who have, who are finished raising kids and now raising grandkids. Shout out to the moms who are in the thick of raising their kids. And a big shout out and blessing and prayer over the mamas perhaps in the room that desire to, future moms, that desire to to be um, a mom. We know God's timing is perfect and he's got you. So I'll put this down for a minute. But happy Mother's Day, we celebrate you. That's a shout out to Aviance's foundation. Um, and just for fun, um, this is a picture of, of my, me and my mom coming up, and Romans 12 is proof that motherhood is a ministry. If you've already read this ahead, you're a good student, then you're going you're gonna to get this connection. But it's obviously uh, it's proof that fatherhood is a ministry too. And just for fun. That's um, coming up It's <laughs> a picture of me and my mom and my grandmother and my daughter and four generations and then Nana and her great eight. So my mom's here. I love you, mom. And my grandmother's here. And so I, yeah, I just love them. They have trained me up in the ways. And I'm just so thankful to have, a, um, have them in my life, especially my grandmother still. She's 82, almost 83. Okay, so I, before we get started with Romans 12, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story, and I'll try to keep this shorter than my other stories. But and the coming up is going to be a picture of the gymnasium that I used to play in. I went to Mountain View High School in Vancouver, Washington, and from '94 to '97, and I played basketball there. And there was known for an amazing coach, an amazing group of girls. Some of them went on to play for D1 colleges. Most of them, and one of them played for the WNBA. So I got my kicks on. And so I wanted to go there. I actually drove all the way from Battleground, uh, Washington to Vancouver, 30 minute drive, just so I could play for Coach Griffin. And so I tried out, and um, I made the. I did not make the varsity team my first year. I actually made the JV team, and in that year, I got. I won most improved, and so that year the varsity did not disappoint. They won state. Uh, I think fourth that year, and so I got to get. I got kicked up to varsity to go to the state playoffs, and I got to ride the bench and experience it. And then the second year, I made varsity team, and. Um, if you go back, go back one slide, Gabe, um, uh, I made varsity team. I didn't play a bunch, but if you notice, you can find me. I've got my cry, cry face on because they put me in the game and I was confused. Drama, you know, it was, it's, it's crazy. I shoot a basket at the wrong, <laughs> oh my gosh, you remember this story? I think I've told it a couple of times, wrong way rushing. And after the game we win, there's my cry. Yeah, they printed an article about it, uh, wrong way rushing, and this is my cry cry face because uh, that's completely embarrassing. If you watched Kurt's Drop 5 last week, he talked about what it is, what life is like sitting on the bench. It's embarrassing, but it builds all kinds of character. Okay, a senior year, um, uh, we win uh, third in state, and... um, I get most inspirational. So I go from most improved to most inspirational. And uh, if you know anything about the kind of player that gets most inspirational, it's not as glamorous as you think. This is what most inspirational gets. It's the next slide, it's me and my team. This is my position during the games. Number 10, I'm standing during timeouts. Uh, Players go back on on the court and I resume my position on the bench. Uh, but the reason why I think I got most inspirational is because it's all about the practices. I worked my butt off. I was, a super fa- I was super fast, second fastest to number 11. So anytime our coach did suicide drills, I was dead set on getting across the line first. And of course, I had to play good D against these amazing Fab Five. And so I think it was, be- you know the phrase, no guts, no glory. Well, I was all guts no glory. And I think the team was like, yeah, let's give her most inspirational. So uh, more details are going to come out about this story. um, But Romans 12 is all about our response to God. Uh, There are some iconic uh, memory verses. My kids are are learning these now. Iconic memory verses in Romans 12. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Verse 12, and this is my son's uh, life verse that my grandmother picked out for him on his birthday. Uh, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And, of course, verse 21, do not overcome Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I would love to camp out on these verses, but I really feel that God led me to, in prayer, I've known I was gonna do this for a month and a half, so you can imagine the anxiety. (laughs) Uh, If you've ever played track, which track was actually a sport I was best at, when you get up on that starting line and the gun's about to go off, that is the worst feeling on the planet. And that is how I felt for the last month and a half. But uh, the Lord is faithful and kind to uh, prepare me and lead me. And I really feel like he was leading me to do an overview of Romans 12, 1 through 21. And so the title of this message is "Sacrifices, Sacrifices, Gifts, and The List. It's a big one. And so um, if you've been following along in our series, Kurt made this graphic. It's the Romans Road. It's the, we're in the Finding Freedom series. I circled the pink. This is where we are in our study of Romans. We are in the part where we get to experience freedom and transformation in Christ. Chapters 12 through 15 start a new phase in the book of Romans, and this is totally about total dedication to God so we're getting into this new chunk 9 10 and 11 was a chunk 10 through 15 or 12 through 15 is a chunk and verses 1 through 2 what we're going to start out with today these set the tone for the entire rest of the three chapters um, I, next graphic I have coming up, I really saw when I read this over like 50 bazillion times that there really is a flow to Romans 12. There are three sections to it. The first is uh, verses one through two, then three through eight and then nine through 21. Okay. Who has heard of CrossFit? Where's Darby? He's not here today. All right. Romans 12 is like a wad. What's a wad? It's a workout of the day. When you look at Romans 12, it's it's gonna it's the Christian workout. <laughs> uh, if you've done CrossFit, they name their workouts like to your name. And uh, so this is Hope's workout, and so this is just what you would do in, in one single day's workout. They are intense workouts. Romans 12 is an intense workout for the Christian. <clears throat> So we're going to start with the first section, it's called A Living Sacrifice, and this is all about the consecration of a believer's life to God. Uh, We have to start back just a touch, Eddie uh, taught last week on chapter 11 and verse 36 um, is, is what uh, makes us understand verses one through two, and so let 's go ahead and look at this. Uh, these are the verses coming up thirty six eleven thirty six for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever amen so therefore This is how we respond to God. So I'm using the NET translation today and some ESV translations too. Um, But in this first section, the Net Net Bible uh, uh, titles this section, Consecration of the Believer's Life, a Living Sacrifice. So let's go ahead. If you'd like to read along with me, you can, but I'll go ahead and read this. Therefore, I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, alive, holy and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. Um, The word bodies in this, in the first verse, is the Greek word somata. Body is soma. And the meaning of this word is the whole casing, not your flesh. Not just your your body, but your heart, soul, mind, strength, uh, eyes, ears, and mouth, your hands, and your feet. So when we offer ourselves to God as a living sacrifice, it is all of it. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful where you go, what you touch, what you do. All of that has to be offered to God as a living sacrifice. Um, Let's look at just verse 1. It says um, we're going to... I'm sorry. Um, verse one, there's a little graphic coming up, Gabe, with the four things. We're just going to camp out on this just for a touch. But when we go back into Romans, um, we're going to follow Paul's continuation of this in Romans 6:16, 6, he says, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey either of sin, which leads to death or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Romans 8 12 13 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Romans eleven twenty nine, and we are going to touch on this just a little bit, but we respond to this because of God's graces. And Luke 9, 23, he he says, And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This will be the hardest thing that we do. It's a a very hard. This is a hard daily walk. Okay, so going back to uh, a little bit of the basketball story, here's a picture of me my senior year, and we do these fun quotes. And uh, notice what I did for heroes. Myself, there is no one else I can depend to get the job done. Uh, I also put Chinese or orange chicken, uh, eh, take it or leave it now, but I was completely wrong about this. To offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, it is not up to our will, to our mind, to do this. Uh, Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. God is going to help us as we offer our, our entire being to him. 2 Corinthians says, skip 2, Gabe, uh, for just as in the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. We will experience the same sufferings that Christ did to a much lesser degree, but we are also going to experience his joy in abundance. Okay, verse 2 um, says, do not be conformed to this present world age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. Paul is writing this letter to the early Christ followers in a city that was a polytheistic, lots of religions, and here these Christ followers come along, and they are monotheistic, only worshiping one God. And Emperor Nero does not like it. He wants to be, he wants to be worshipped. In fact, that's just kind of the Roman way. And so he used to pers- he used to capture Christians and kill them and put them on, light them on fire. And so imagine the pressure when Paul is telling them, "Do not conform to the Roman way, but." allow god's ways to transform you can you imagine the pressure that they were put under um, one thing about this word conformed in the net translation is that conformed means has a meaning of it, this happens both unconsciously and consciously what, the ways of this world we choose to allow them to conform us, but there is an unconscious thing that happens. And whatever we allow to influence, influence us, whatever we take in to our ears and our eyes, what we do, it is going to change us. It's going to change the way we think. It's going to change the way we behave. So he is saying, let the ways of God transform you. So then you're going to know what is good. And that is going to be ultimately satisfying. Um, Next one, I would love to camp out on this, but next week, Phil Butterfield is going to be doing the Drop 5. If you've not checked out this online content, it's a five-minute short teaching, and many people in this room have already contributed. And uh, Phil Butterfield is a counselor, and so he is going to have an excellent perspective to do a little teaching on uh, this this second verse. So check that out okay the second section of Romans is all about the gifts and I think that you're probably gonna find this um, interesting but remember how I said motherhood is a ministry Okay. There's this picture, a collage here of mothers. Mothers, don't we teach our children? Don't we give to our children and serve and lead and inspire and we speak into them? We have to call out the promises of the Bible and prophesy over our children. You will be a woman of God. You will be a man of God. You will be patient. You All the things you say to them. You have to speak life into them. This is the ministry of of motherhood and of course of course fatherhood. Okay, um, remember when I said we needed to, before we go into the gifts and clarify the gifts, we need to go back just a bit. The last time we would have read the word gifts in the book of Romans would have been just a few verses back in chapter eleven, twenty nine. Uh, Eddie didn't touch on this because how can you touch on every verse in, in a chapter of Romans? You can't. But this one says For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance or cannot be removed. These are not the category of gifts that we are going to be learning about in this next section. This category in gifts includes the gift of graces, God's gift of eternal life, God's gift of salvation, and God's gift of righteousness. Now, this verse has been misinterpreted in different circles. It says... Uh, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. This does not mean our repentance. This means God's repentance. This goes back to his promises for Israel. Despite Israel di- Israel's disobedience, time after time after time after again, the promises that he has had for the selected, elected, chosen nation, he is not going to take away. And, of course, we are grafted into that. So that is not about God. That God it's, it's God's repentance. He's not sorry for his plan. And the callings are really interesting. I'm, an amazing sermon can be done on this. But think about the call that Jonah had on his life. And think about the call uh, he disobeyed. But yet, when he spoke out to Nineveh, it was one of the greatest revivals recorded in history. Despite Jonah's disobedience, he still, the calling he has on his life is still going to happen. Despite our disobedience, he's still going to work it out in us. So that is the clarification that the gifts that we're going to be reading about are not these three amazing gifts. Okay, so chapters three, or verses 3 through 8, this section is called Our Conduct in Humility. And in one translation, it could be The Gifts of Grace. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober discernment as God has distributed to each of you a measure of faith. For just as in one body we have many members, and not all the members serve the same function, so we who are many in in one body in Christ, and individually we are members who belong to one another." And we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If the gift is prophecy, then that individual must use it in proportion to his faith. If it is service, he must serve. If he is teaching, if it is teaching, he must teach. If it is exhortation, he must exhort. If it is contributing or giving, he must do it with sincerity. Lastly, if it is leadership, he must do so with diligence. If it is showing mercy, he must do so with cheerfulness. I underline some of these things um, because I want them to stand out to you just a little bit. I'll I'll camp out more on the five different gifts here, or types of gifts. But the first one, not to think of ourselves uh, higher. Every gift that God gives, spiritual gift that God gives, is of equal value. There's not one gift that's better than the other. Teaching is not better than serving, (laughs) but those who teach, you will be strict, more strictly judged, because the impact of your words it could be to a greater amount of people for good and for bad. So let the next slide, we're going to touch on the different kinds of gifts. This Greek word it means uh, charismata. And this means spiritual gifts graciously, graciously given. Okay, next slide, Gabe. They are given by the Holy Spirit at his discretion. So uh, maybe the Lord has given me a bit of a teaching gift. Maybe he gave more to Pastor Kurt. Maybe he gave more to Brent. But it's up to his discretion how much into what he gives. Nope, go back. Oh, that's me, sorry. I went forward. Okay, Um, they can flow and mix. So you could have a little, you you can, they they mix up. Um, Think of these gifts as umbrellas in the church. There's many ways under these umbrellas that these gifts can be used. The, um, there's a, a section of a category of speaking gifts. This includes prophecy, teaching, and exhortation. A note about prophecy, this is revelational, and it can come in the moment, but it needs to be discerned by others. There's teaching, and typically this was those who taught at the Old Testament, and now the New Testament. And exhortation, this is inspiration and encouragement. There's serving gifts, and then there's leading gifts, and a couple categories of this could be administration. Uh, There's some gifts of leadership that are only for men. Sorry, ladies, but there's only for men, and elders hold that spot of of leadership. And then there are the giving gifts and the mercy gifts. Now, Paul writes a lot about spiritual gifts in his letters, so we're just going to go forward just a bit I think this next slide uh, will will help there's a chart that I pulled out of the ESV that helps us um, see the the nuances when he's talking about spiritual gifts but um, there are uh, next one Gabe he God gives spiritual gifts and we've talked about the gifts of Graces, salvation, eternal life, and the gift of righteousness. Then he gives spiritual gifts. That's like the box, the present, to each one of us, all right? Then there are ways the spirit manifests, okay? And then there is spiritual fruit. So the spirit, when the spirit manifests, he could be giving a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. You could have an increased amount of faith in a particular situation where someone else does not. You could um, be yeah, Gifts of healing. He could be use you to heal. Uh, There's the working of miracles. There's prophecy, discerning of spirits, interpretation of tongues. If you went to Kingdom Come Prayer Night this last Wednesday, the spirit manifested. It wasn't weird. It was amazing. Jonathan, love this guy. We are all praying individually, quietly, calmly, and then He just started to utter wisdom and knowledge and declare God's promises, saying there's no shame in Christ. And he was declaring what God has done in his life. That is as beautiful as it gets. It doesn't have to be crazy or weird. It's just a manifestation of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's moving through him. In fact, it was a quiet room. So when he spoke up, we were like, yes, it was so life-giving. It's supposed to build up one another. And then the spiritual fruit. You guys know this. When the Spirit is working through us, these are the kinds of things that people should see in us, and we should feel. Okay, I mentioned the chart, and this is going to go over two slides. But in Paul's letters—Romans, Corinthians, and Ephesians—he, uh, this—I didn't, I didn't make this up. He break. They broke this down nicely for us. So on this left column is what the the spiritual gifts are so these are how it's manifested if you have been given the gift of prophecy then you're going to prophesy and so he is going to appoint to the church prophets okay um the red i i put that red the bible that the esv didn't do that red i did that red because these these are the manifestations of the spirit and they do not happen just to teachers or to those who exhort or those who just prophesy these can happen to anybody. And it's this distinguishing of spirits and, and utterance of knowledge. and it, So you can see this chart is nicely teaching. Uh, he's going to appoint teachers to the church, and they could be in the way of shepherding, like pastoring. Um, the next slide is um, here leading. He, he's going to appoint to the church. If you've been given the gift of leadership, he's going to appoint to the church administrators. So this is a really cool chart. Check it out. Um, but we're going to move on. Two questions that come up when uh, talking about your spiritual gifts are how do you know what your gifts are and when are you gifted? And I'm trying to be super tech. If your phone, if you use that uh, on your phone, you can ask me later or do it now, but that is a barcode that is going to pull up a... a a questionnaire, and you can ask a bunch of questions and it, it will reveal to you probably where you lean in terms of spiritual giftings. But I put the man praying here. You have to ask the Lord what your spiritual gift is. And maybe you've already done this, but if you ask the Lord, what's my spiritual gift? He is going to guide you in his word. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a super fun journey to figuring that out. And when are you gifted? There are three views on this. I put an asterisk next to salvation because this is the consensus. At your spiritual birth, when you put your faith in Christ, that is when God gives you at least one spiritual gift. Uh, another, in the Bible, when Timothy is, is being uh, prayed over, they laid hands on him. That it's One view is that when the laying of hands are on you, that's when you're given your gift. Uh, at birth is another view. But keep in mind that your spiritual gift is different than your your natural talents and your gifts Uh, who's heard of rick warren okay he in his writings he has an acronym and if you're still trying to figure out your spiritual gift um then he has this acronym called shape and these these are some of the things that might help you discover what this is and so if you guys didn't know my cousin chris is the drummer and man when he is drumming i mean i can't help it like Bop my head and move that is his natural gifting he's a musician and he is using this to serve the lord okay if that is the way to put that but these are um, the hearts these are things you feel strongly about your passions your natural talents, like I just said with Chris, your personality, your, your, your uniqueness in relating to others. Maybe you think you have a really discerning spirit, like you just get people, like you're, you're, you're an intuitive person and you know what people are feeling. That could be a, a, a clue, and, and that is not necessarily a spiritual gift, but it can be used to in your serving and in your giving and um, in, your, in your ministry. Okay, using your gift uh, is the next slide. Uh, I have a, a picture, couple pictures here, I'll describe them, but Paul's, Paul's uh, instructions are pretty simple. Just do it. If you teach, teach well. If you serve, serve. Just get out there and do it. First you must desire the gifts. I uh, felt like I had a single gift, uh, one gift, but I wanted another one, and so uh, I desire it. I desire to have all of them, but we'll see what God gives. And I do believe as we mature in the Lord that he maybe gives you a little measure of it and you're trying it out. But desiring the gift is really important. Um, Gift development is all the things. It is extremely hard. If you guys have seen me up here, I've been teaching for a couple of years a handful of times. I'm probably, hopefully, better than the first time. But you go through the ringer. You go through the ringer in developing your gifts. He sent me a class about the, the art of teaching hours and hours and hours and i'm just trying to take in little nuggets to improve um but it's fun and it's humbling um mike winger has an amazing who's heard of mike winger yeah. okay yes trish yeah. we're the same people uh actually dana told me and she's your sister okay mike winger has an amazing analogy and he says if you're trying to figure out your spiritual gift and how to use your gift you say yes to all the god things Fill your plate with all the things. Fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. In fact, when I was first getting started at the church, Connie Riesinger said, hey, do you want to take pictures? Sure. Hey, do you want to volunteer for this? Sure. I just said, yes, 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 yes. Okay, your plate is full now. Your time is maxed out. And then you need to begin to give it to the Lord and say, which one would you have me focus on? Start to remove things off of that plate and then hone in on what you think the Lord is asking you to do. And there could be different seasons for this. So uh, right now uh, it's orange chicken. (laughs) All right. Okay. But God is going to help you discern this and this becomes your ministry. We all have a ministry inside and outside of the church. Okay. And the last and final section of Romans 12 is called the list. This is your Christian workout. I would highly encourage you to print out this chapter or this, especially this section. There's absolutely no way that you're going to plateau. There's just no way you could do the same exact workout every single day of your life. And God is going to be the one to check your form, check your heart. Let's go ahead and read this together. This is verses 9 through 21. And uh, in the NET, this section is called conduct in love. In the ESV, it's called these are the marks of, of a true Christian. And another version, it's called love in action. Number nine, I want to say, and I, in some of the commentaries I've listened to, verse nine sets the tone for the rest of it. God wants your heart posture to be genuine and authentic. He does not want you to be a hypocrite as you act any of these things out. Don't fake it. Okay, so let's read this. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another with mutual love, showing eagerness and honoring one another. Do not lag in zeal, be enthusiastic in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, endure in suffering, persist in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not be conceited. Before we move on, that asterisk by the word lowly. I looked this up. It's pretty fascinating. This means menial tasks. This is not lowly people, people that you think are below you. Do not be haughty, but concern yourself with doing menial tasks. Uh, Verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Consider what is good before all people. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people. Do not avenge yourselves, dear friends, but give place to God's wrath, for it is written, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." And, he, and Paul's quoting out of Deuteronomy here says, "The Lord, rather, if your enemy is hungry, feed him; if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, for in doing this, you will re-heap, be heaping burning coals on his head." And lastly, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with Good, so um, we need to know, this is about spiritual f- formation. We are not gonna be great at all of these right off the off the gate. You need to have a plan for how to do this. And uh, Dallas Willard has this great acronym, uh, it's too deep to go into, but when I was looking over it, you look over this list and you're gonna pray with the Lord about each of these things. You're going to, sorry, yeah, pray. You're gonna ponder, like, how how is my heart feeling about this? Like intentionality, like your genuineness, your authenticity in your heart, like your heart posture. And then the last part, plan it out. I would treat this like a workout. Take one of these things and say like, Lord, how how am I supposed to be um, uh, pursuing, persisting in prayer when I don't feel like praying all the time? How am I supposed to endure this trial? We get with the Lord and ask us to ask him to spiritually form us in this area and make a plan. And then you've got to just... Try it out. There's a lot of practice in this. Um, Like I said uh, in closing, um, Romans 12 is about how do we respond to God. The gifts of graces, what he has done for us on the cross, the spiritual gifts that he's giving us, this requires, he, He he's requiring our sacrifice from all of us. How do we respond? Number one, we respond by giving God our whole being and conforming to His ways. We respond by humbly using our gifts to bless others. And number three, the conduct of our lives is our worship. It is our response. How are you are living right now, that's your worship. That is your response. God is asking us to respond in a way that is deserving of what he's giving us have you ever given a gift and I know you've heard the phrase gift given gift gone right but have you ever given a gift and maybe there was a poor response we don't want our response to be poor back to God we want to give him everything as we are working out this Christian workout of the day and I have this little flow chart here this is how it made sense to me it's the next slide you're going to go from going most improved and you are going to offer everything to him as a living sacrifice and then he blesses us with more gifts and we use our gifts that, we've, that those function only through the power of the Holy Spirit. These bless other people. As the Spirit is working in our lives, he is transforming us. And then we produce a spiritual fruit. And this is love and action. This is how we go to do that long list. And then we get to be most inspirational. People will see the change in our lives and they'll say, hey, so-and-so was addicted to that and -and so-and-so was doing that, but now look at their lives. And it starts to be inspiring. You don't even have to preach to them. Your life should be an inspiration of how you are changing it. And then we go to being like Jesus. Luke 6.40 says, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Amen to that. That is His whole goal is to make us more like Jesus on the day when he comes. Okay, so let's go ahead and pray. Before we get going, I I don't know which part of Romans uh, 12 resonated with you. Is it the part about being a living sacrifice? The part about letting his ways um, transform your mind and transform your ways of behaving? Um, Is it the spiritual gifts? Like what gift do I have? Or am I using the gift? Am I functioning in my gift? Calling yourself a leader or a teacher or one who likes to serve and not functioning in it, you're, you're not living up to God's potential for you. We need uh, these gifts in our church. We need them here, and the community needs them, and your family needs them. And maybe it's this workout of the day, these, this list nine, of 921. I don't know if all of these things are challenging for you. I know that they are. They're, they're, they're challenging for every Christian. They're challenging. So let's just pray into this, and I'm asking you to just uh, hand over to the Lord uh, the hardest part of this. And I promise he's gonna come in and, and speak to you now. Father God, would you come and speak to us now? And would you uh, touch the heart of each person here who is thinking over these things and thinking over what your word says? God, it is a challenge to offer, yourself, offer ourselves as a living sacrifice because the ways of this world, not only are they enticing, but it's a lot of pressure to do the right thing. And you have to, <laughs> you have to say no to people you love And you have to do things that look peculiar and weird, a little bit, God, but, but when you come in, you come in and you heal the, our hearts, you come in and fix our ways, you come in and change our thinking, you change our desires of our heart, you do so much work when all we do is lay down something. Giving up a stupid television show or some music that you love, that's sacrifice. I promise you it is, I've done it. Um, uh, sacrificing your emotions when you feel them um, and, and they're not right emotions to feel they're misleading, they're confusing but um, choosing to act in a way you don't feel that sacrifice and God knows it, he recognizes it and motherhood's a sacrifice, my goodness it's a sacrifice Father God, would you bless the mothers in this room who are just giving it their all and they're tired and they're realizing that the ways of this world are going to captivate our kids if, if we don't buckle down and teach them your ways. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness over our children. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness in this church. Thank you for the gifts that you have provided in this church, Father God. And if there's anyone in this room that wants to serve here or wants to start a foundation like Aviance did or wants to start this or start that, just give them the boldness and the excitement to just do it. Because there's, Paul doesn't give a weird, all these steps to doing your gift. He just says, go do it. And then as we practice it, you you help us develop it, God. And we thank you for that. bless your name god bless you for your your gift of uh salvation that you provided for all who choose to believe in you that is the best gift of all and yet as we walk out this life in abundance that you give us then you give us spiritual gifts it really is just beautiful god you're so giving you're so kind you are changing us to be more like jesus and we thank you for that I can see the change happening in our church. I can see the people uh, that I've known for years and years. I I can see them grow and develop. And there's always joy here. Thank you, God, for filling this church with joy. Thank you. You are a good, good God. Yes, you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.